my darling little star. Thank God I have found you again. When I lost you, I entered the darkness, lost in the dark, silent room, with only the hum of my machines and my memories and images of you. I told myself you could not have known what I feel for you. Love strikes me dumb. I see all that now. Thank you for giving me another chance. Thank you for seeking me out. This time there will be no mistaking my love. This time I will prove myself to you again and again until you feel the power of my love and come to me. I won't let you go this time. You think you do not know who I am, but you do. They took you away and seduced you and stole you from me, just as the others did before. They have tried to blot out your memory of me. And I failed you, Sally. Yes, I did. But everything is clear now. The months I spent lost and wandering in the dark room have made everything bright as day. The visions I bore witness to have made my purpose clear. They have revealed our destiny. Now I watch you on the screen, and I know you are speaking only to me. As I labor to prove myself to you, you will remember me, and you will come to me. Then, my love, we will lie together, and I will bite your nipples till the blood and milk flow down my chin. We will hack and eat away the corrupting flesh, the rank pollution of tissue and sinew, and go in moonlight shedding our skin and spilling our blood on the sand through the mirrors of the sea, where all is peace and silence, and no one can harm us or tear us apart ever again, forever and ever. Be strong, my love. I have much to plan and execute before we can be together as fate intends. My mind boils and seethes with the burden, the weight, and the glory of it. All for you. Let me prove I am more than equal to the task. With all the love in my bursting heart, M. Sarah Broughton's hand shook as she let the letter drop on the glass-topped table. She wiped her palm on the side of her jeans. It was the third letter in two weeks, and by far the most detailed. The others had merely hinted that she should begin to prepare herself for a special event. This was also the first one to contain anything even remotely sexual. Sarah walked over to the sliding glass doors. Beyond the deck and the narrow strip of lawn, the rocky promontory on which her house stood dropped twenty feet. Below, fine white sand sloped down to the Pacific Ocean, darkening where the breakers pounded the shoreline not more than fifty yards out. Sarah stood and watched a wave swell until its rounded peak turned translucent green, then burst into a crest of foam that rushed horizontally along its length until everything churned into a roiling white mass. Sometimes she thought she could stand and watch the waves forever. The roar was deafening, and through the open door she could smell salt and seaweed and something dead, that odor of primordial decay that always seemed to linger around the edges of the sea. Though the temperature was in the mid-sixties, Sarah shivered and hugged herself. Her nerves weren't that good to begin with, hadn't been for over a year, and now she felt defiled, violated, and scared. 
But even as she trembled, she found herself probing the feeling, storing it for later use. If she ever had to play a victim again, this memory could be useful. She walked back to the table, picked up the letter, and made to rip it up like the others, but she stopped herself in time. No. She would show this one to Stuart. No more procrastination. It was close to eleven in the morning, and she was due to have lunch with him in a couple of hours. She would show him the letter then. Stuart would know what to do. She looked at the envelope again. It was postmarked Pasadena, dated 14th December, which was Friday, four days ago, and addressed to Sarah Broughton at the Beach House address on the Coast Highway. So how had M, whoever he was, found out her address and phone number? Like most people in the movie and TV business, Sarah guarded her privacy well. Or thought she did.